Hey guys, welcome back to Tap That AZ Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. Shout out to my sponsors, Goodfellas Merch in Glendale. They are the go-to screen printing company in Arizona. They specialize in clothing brands and the music industry, but that's not it. If you own a brewery, restaurant, business, whatever you need, go check these guys out. Owners Joe and Jana run such a fantastic company with an amazing team. Always going above and beyond to make sure that you have a phenomenal experience like I did. And they do so by working with local companies. So where they get their garments, the equipment, things like that, they do as much as they can to work with local companies. So if you need screen printing, check them out. Goodfellas Merch, goodfellasmerch.com, not double Goodfellas Merch, but just goodfellasmerch.com is their website. You won't be disappointed. Tell them Tap That AZ sent you. If you tell them you heard about this from the podcast or use the code tap that you'll get free screens on a first design printed with goodfellas until the end of november stay tuned after this episode to see how you can actually help out arizona put us on the craft beer map that's what my goal is so stay tuned after the show to hear more about that so in this episode i hang out with uva from Sunup brewing company he's been making beer for a long time good beer too he's been a staple in the arizona craft beer scene really longer than some legal beer drinkers have been alive. <laughs> so Uva's a great guy with a great story to tell. So let's tap into Sun Up Brewing Company. All right, so I'm at Sun Up Brewery on Camelback and that street? Central. Central. <laughs> Camelback and Central. It's one of the iconic breweries here in Arizona for sure. Um I'm with Uva. Uva, thanks for joining me, ma'am. All right, thanks. Great to have you here. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you've you've got some experience with beer. A couple of years? Yeah, a few years. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um, I actually homebrewed. I'm come. I'm from a homebrew background as well. I okay. homebrewed my first beer in 1990, 1991, over oh, Christmas wow. and New Year's. Okay, that's the first time I ever made a batch of beer and stuck with homebrewing for a while. And then 1996, decided to make that a career. And, you, and uh, where was that? Where were you at? You were in San Diego at that I was point? in San Diego, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I lived in San Diego with two friends of mine. We started homebrewing. And uh, one of them actually ended up moving moving and opening up a homebrew shop in a different state, actually in Arizona. Okay. And uh, then in 1996, I decided it was time for a career change. I was done managing warehouses yeah. and uh, looked at uh, my passion to become a career. Wow. And that was that was back in the day when it like it wasn't everybody. It's the cool thing now, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was when it was. Uh, there wasn't a lot of people doing it. Not not that many. It was kind yeah. of weird. I, uh, I was in San Diego and I thought, "There's a lot of breweries here already. Maybe I should go someplace else." Uh, so <laughs> even back then in San Diego, it was still a booming. It was really just starting. But uh, I thought it was a lot of breweries out yeah. there. There were only a few. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, like in five. San Diego, yeah. there's like 300 breweries, more than the entire state of Arizona. Yeah. That's and crazy. Obviously, you know, there would have been space back then. But yeah. I found my home here. Hey, that's cool, though. That's cool. I'm glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, how did this happen? Like, how did uh, – so you, you came here. Um, you started as, as, a, as a brewer, right? Like, right. a, like a head brewer? Yeah, the okay. head brewer. So I've been brewing for a Sonoran, uh, Sonoran Brewing Company for a few years. And then an expansion uh, started happening over here where the brew house, the pub here that had been selling our beer already, uh, kind of as a tight house, uh, started to expand. And I started brewing over here on the seven-barrel system for on-premise consumption at first. Okay. Gotcha. And so have you guys always owned this? this like that, There's that first building. 
Um, and then there's this the second, uh, what do you call this? The Brewer's Lounge? or The, the Bre- Brewer's Den, we called it for a while. Yeah. yeah. So you guys have always owned this. He owned both buildings, okay. but started with just the pub first, with the beer still being produced at the other brewery. I okay. was the brewer back then. Okay. Um, then expanded into this building as, be- as the tenant moved out, put the small brewery in here, and then a few years uh, later, actually a few years ago, we expanded into the what used to be the strip mall next door, oh, and gotcha. I have a five thousand square foot, fifteen barrel brew house now. Oh, gotcha! I got to see that. I haven't seen that. I've seen I've seen this from the, from the window, you know, from the outside, like a little kid, like in a candy store, right? Uh, <laughs> but I got I got to check this out after we're done. Uh, but uh, so uh, so. Uh, what did you how did you just decide on what beers you were going to make like that you were going to start off with well number one we were looking just at the market to see what was selling in those days and you know back then originally it was like amber sells so we made an amber I made a wheat beer and so on but I've always had a passion for some other styles and other beers porters being one of them stouts being one of them and uh, I mean the first different beer than what I grew up with in Germany which is Pilsner's really I drank was Guinness okay. so I like the dark beer I like the stouts okay yeah and uh, so I started actually brewing a lot of those as well oh gotcha okay so that you and I think that's a that's a common theme among uh, among breweries is the people the brewers they brew what they like yeah right like you're not I mean you have to hit those marks right you have to hit you know you gotta have an IPA you have to have you know something a little lighter like a blonde or a Kolsch or something but uh but you're going to find your most success brewing the stuff that you like to brew, right, yeah. and like to drink. It's it's where the fun comes in. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with brewing the other beers. Uh, there are different challenges. It's being consistent, yeah. having a high quality, same quality product every time, and just making sure that all gets done properly and a very clean beer to go out. Um, but the more creative process comes in when you get to create something new, obviously, mm-hmm. something you have never done before, using new ingredients, Using wet hops, things yeah, like that. Exactly, <laughs> different twenty-four things. hour hops. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and and what you guys are known for? I mean, there's there's a handful of beers that uh, that you're known for, but I, the one that that top shelf one is that uh, Russian Imperial uh, White Russian Imperial Stout. So that was you said that that was um, it, it. What it is now is not what it always used to be. You were telling no, me before. No, I, I mean it, it started off as a as a homebrewed version. I really liked Imperial Stouts. There were a couple yeah. examples on the market, and I really liked those and wanted to brew one. Yeah, and really do it totally from scratch and all that. And came up with this recipe, and I brewed this over the years. And then as we started opening the pub over here, I made the same beer just as a seasonal, once a year. It was just really your classic English style Imperial Russian Stout. Yeah. The white Russian came in later, yeah. and that didn't happen until I stopped playing with coffee in the beer. Ah, gotcha. So we do a lot of cask ales over here, so the hand-drawn ales. Yeah. So there's a small volume you can actually put different ingredients in. So I started experimenting with coffee and finally found the one I really liked. And we had this beer on tap and cask at first and then made small batches, and it became more and more popular. Well, you said it... Uh, uh, you found the one that you like, meaning the coffee. The, the coffee, I liked, So, yeah. what did you find? Like, what was the one that that set it apart? Well, it's, of course, it's a trade secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I was uh, asking, I saw the smirk on it, your face. I'm like, he ain't telling me. He's not. It's a specialty that. coffee. <laughs> one of the coffee companies gave me a lot of different samples, and oh, I've tried nice. different ones out. Okay. And I like like the one the best, and yeah. I we discovered that the flavor is a lot like that cocktail. Ah. That's where the name came in. Gotcha. So we're going, yeah, let's call it White Russian. Yeah. Because it has a lot in common with that cocktail and some of those same flavors in. Yeah. 
And uh, so that the name was born. It was White Russian then. The White Russian. And the can art's pretty badass, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a pretty <laughs> funny story. Um, so when we decided to start canning with a larger brewery, with the expansion, uh, John, who John and Cindy who owned the company, uh, they said, okay, well, you can, your face is going to be on the can. And I told him, I don't want my case face to be on the can. He said, well, you don't have a choice. So it'll be a, an artist rendering thereof. And yeah. he says, okay, good with it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's badass. Like, not many people can say, hey, I'm on a beer can. I'm right? on a beer can. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and my claim to fame. The top-rated imperial stout in the state, too. So that's, yeah. Yeah, you, rate, rate beer. We, we've been running at 100 for a long time as well. Yeah, so, nice. Uh, that's nice. Pretty, pretty cool. So do you have, like, a large version of that at home, like, on your mantle? Like a... Like a <laughs> blown up version no I'm good <laughs> yeah. we're going to make that happen we're going to make that happen yeah there you go. A gigantic well we have a billboard out there so it has the same, same low raw that is so true that, I think that's big enough yeah, yeah. <laughs> now. well so now you had mentioned something too and Rand um, one, of, one of your other brewers was telling me about this last time I was in the, the cask system that you have here that's something that's I haven't seen that anywhere else now I've I've not really I'm all about Arizona beer, right? And not not for lack of effort, right? I've gone to other places, but I just always come back to Arizona, right? That's my spot. <laughs> but uh, but I don't see that anywhere else. Like uh, I I think Mother Road has just one, um, but what what is that? Like, explain well, what that is. Well, cask ales are really the old-fashioned way of drawing beer or naturally carbonated beer out of a barrel. It's basically like a hand pump, a water pump. It's okay. basically the same way it works. The beer is naturally carbonated in the vessel in the cask, and you draw it out with a pump. Yeah. They're usually lower carbonated than normal beers, about half, one-third to half. Yeah. And they're just unfiltered, of course, and they have just very nice, fresh flavors to them as well. Yeah. And a lot of breweries do them, but a lot of them just do them like once a week. They set a cast on the counter and go through it, and in a couple of days it's gone. Okay. We've started on very early on this one and just kept expanding and expanding. At first, we ended up having to dump some of them because they don't last very long. Okay. Then we went from one to two and so on. And now we're at the point where we have eight cast engines. <laughs> we usually have anywhere from three to eight casts on tap. Yeah. And what's the difference? Like as, as, a, as a drinker, as a consumer, what, how would you explain the difference between a Casco and, and a regular tap? The big difference is, well, two, two big differences. Number one, it's unfiltered. Okay. So it has, it retains a lot of the flavors that would otherwise get filtered out. Okay. And they are a lot of times cloudy beers and they're not highly filtered. Yeah. But we actually like that because we want that flavor in there. The mouthfeel is very different when you drink that as well. Okay. And then the lower and natural carbonation in the beer also enhances that. It's just a really creamy way of drinking a beer. It's just very, very smooth and very easy drinking. Gotcha. And, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it's, it's a kind of a throwback way to, to enjoy it, right? Like as, you know, because they didn't have all these systems back, you know, right. even 100 years ago, 50 years ago, right? No. Yeah, well, it's actually, it's the old English way of doing it. Before yeah. there was CO2 in pubs. Gotcha. Yeah. That's how they would draw the beer out of a barrel yeah. to the customers to serve. And... Uh, it's just there has always been a following, and a lot actually a lot of the cast systems were dying off in England. That's why they were selling the cast over here. We could buy them, oh, and really? it's really American brewers have really brought that back to life. So why were they dying over there? Like just because they were they'd done it for so long that they were moving on to something, something yeah, new. Yeah, number one, it's it's more work intensive, and it's probably a little bit harder for breweries to manage that, as well, and people's change uh, tastes just change. You know, if you look at England now, they're drinking a lot of 
large uh, other breweries' beers, including some American ones. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's interesting how that, that flips at some point, right? Yeah. They got some uh, white Russian imperial stout over there, probably? Yeah. <laughs> they, they probably do. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and there's some interesting things here. I'm looking on this cask list. Like, I honestly thought, like, when I was first looking, I'm like, oh, yeah, Trooper IPA. I know what that is. But I'm like, breakfast, Univator with chocolate, coffee, maple, and cinnamon. I'm like, I think they might actually put that the... Um, breakfast menu on here not a beer yeah, <laughs> yeah. well that's what where that? we get to have fun and yeah, actually that's really awesome. that's that's also where our brewers uh, rand and garrett really get to play with and experiment with yeah uh, you may have heard some banging earlier in the background oh, yeah, there was yeah. him <laughs> actually sealing up some of the casks ah nice and uh i'll tell him go ahead and play with it you know and you get to have some fun with it uvenator is actually the white russian base beer but not coffee added. Then we add different things to it. Wow. So you add maple syrup to it. And you can do secondary fermentation in a cask as well. When you add sugars to it, it will start fermenting again. So you have to let that finish out and then reseal it afterwards. Does that make a stronger beer? Yes, like it when will. You're, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. If you add any kind of sugar to it, it will start fermenting It'll, again. It will, the alcohol contents will go up. Interesting. That sounds really, really interesting. So I know I, I talked to you about doing a little segment about the Russian Imperial Stout. I might dig into that one (laughs) yeah well it's still early you know it's still time for breakfast yeah yeah that's what it's for exactly yeah um but you got some really cool beer and i want to kind of touch on this in a second about 64 the 64 frolic and wheat the people Mm -hmm. uh but the other beers that you guys have like the trooper ipa that's canned red flash ipa right Right. um you guys have a pretty good selection out out in stores yeah that's pretty cool to see we have uh five beers right now in this in the stores in cans as well as kegs of course and then we also make some of the beers that we brew in the smaller brewing system over here available to our customers on draft in kegs. So this might be anything from seasonal like Oktoberfest. We've been doing a lot of lagers lately as well. And we also do some contract brewing. Uh, some of those yeah. are lagers. Some of them are other beers. Yeah. And some of them are down to the smaller system and some of them are the bigger system. Yeah. Gotcha. Man, you guys got a, quite a list here. And sours, too. I didn't realize you guys had uh, had some sours. This is actually our first sour we've done. We've uh, actually really barrel soured this beer. It was in the barrels for 22 months. Oh, wow. So okay. they were all bourbon They were bourbon barrels, and we also had made a bracket between that, and that was in there. And then we ended up <coughs> excuse me, moving it over to the sour system. So this is the first beer we actually really barrel soured. Is that the bogberry? Yeah, we call yeah. it bogberry. So it's a cranberry blonde ale, right? So <laughs> yeah. where are they growing in a bog? Which yeah. I thought was a cool name for <laughs> yeah. it. What's a braggot? Like I've heard, like what, what is that? A braggot is really a hybrid of beer and mead or honey wine. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, it is technically a beer. Uh, as long as more, over 50% of the fermentables come from barley, the rest can be from honey or anything else, but honey in a braggot, it is still technically and legally a beer. Okay. But we use the rather large amount of honey in the bracket that we've made. Gotcha. And, and does that make it? That, but that's with the sour? So no, the sour is oh, not. Okay, the sour is okay, not. Okay. It was just the bracket was in the barrel before. So oh, it takes gotcha. on some of that flavor. Yeah. Interesting. Man, it's not, you guys are doing some pretty cool stuff here. Yeah, we get to experiment. Yeah. yeah. We have the freedom to do that here. And that, that's just awesome. We get to play around with things and, you know, come up with experiments and just have fun with it, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're... 
your role here now, right? You're the you're the top guy, right? Yeah. I mean, you're on a can, you know. So yeah, <laughs> I didn't see Rand on a can yet. So yeah. uh, maybe one day, Rand, right? <laughs> we'll get him on this. So so, what is your role here at, at this point? Because you got these guys that are they're doing their stuff. Uh, what what is your role here? So I'm the I call myself the primary fermenter, okay. which basically yeah. means everything. Right? Yeah, okay. So I'm primarily I'm I'm occupied with uh, brewing operations, okay. running brewing operations. Yeah, and that could be anything from uh, designing beers. Cleaning stuff, uh, <laughs> kegging beer, whatever it might be, but it's also out there in the public, going yeah. going out, dealing with some of the accounts that we have, doing promotions, and really just a day to day running of the operations. Okay, gotcha. Paying exactly. the bills, whatever else yeah. might be. You know, <laughs> right. so. You're an advocate for the brewery, right? Getting getting yeah. that sun up name out there. Yeah. Um, you guys have food too. Yes, had yeah. the food, and and I I know this is going to come as a surprise, but I like food. You can't tell really? from my size. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite? Like, do you have a favorite of what you go to, or do you? I have two favorites two on favorites? our menu. Okay. And number one is the green chili pork. Ooh, wow! Which is just really really awesome, and it's probably the, our best selling menu item, I think. And I also like the nachos. Now. Uh, we do nachos a little bit different than usual. They're different emulsions and, and uh, sauces on there. Um, now it sounds like we're a Mexican place. We're not. Yeah, yeah. We do our own. We do our own burgers. We grind our own bur- uh, uh, hamburger meat. Wow. Everything is from scratch. We have a okay. scratch kitchen. Yeah. There's not a microwave in our kitchen. Nice, nice. Uh, I like to hear about that. two years ago now, maybe a little bit more. Uh, Josh came on as a new chef over here, and we really started changing from just strictly pub food to. Uh, Really, we're watching our quality and the freshness of all the ingredients. And he has also then become the general manager. Oh, yeah. I met him last time. Great guy. Right. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So he kind of he kind of upped the game on the on the food program. Right. Exactly. Nice. And what it like. So Chipotle and avocado emulsions sounds amazing. I don't know what an emulsion is, though. It's like a, like a sauce. Just a sauce. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to start calling sauces emulsions, and I like that. It's way better. It sounds educated. <laughs> it does. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But you got a Baja Ruben. Like, that sounds interesting, like, because it's got poblano on it, chipotle emulsion, and pepper jack. That's... Yeah, it's just a just a different twist on your Ruben sandwich. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Rubens. I like mm-hmm. them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and you got pairings for for each of these, uh, each of the dishes, too. Yeah, that's we suggest like. some beers. And yeah. A lot of times when we have new releases on new beers and such, we will actually come up with a dish for it. We pair it and we do, do beer dinners. We just had our Oktoberfest beer dinner. Oh, nice. Okay. So a four-course meal with five beers, and they were all German beers in this case, all brewed on premise. Nice, nice. And you guys do some events, too. I've seen some really cool events that you guys have put on. Like, what are, what are some of the things that – some of the – things you guys do they've done anything from yoga in this building over here on a sunday morning uh, the beer dinners of course are a big thing yeah uh, we try to do them about every two months a little bit more often in the cooler time of year yeah. less often in the summertime um we do special promotions or tappings for special beers coming on as well okay gotcha and I'm, i need to come in and get get some more of these casks i think uh we're going to wrap this up so I can get some cask yeah. uh, ale. <laughs> Sounds like you're ready for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I am, for sure. Uva, hey, thanks, man. This is this has been great. Um, check the show notes. I'll put everything in there for uh, your guys' website, social media, all that stuff. If I, if I can recall off the top of my head, is it sunup.beer? Sunup.beer. The yeah, easiest, easiest one out yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Before I got my tap.az.com, or, or I found out after I could do tap.beer. I'm like, damn it. Like, why, you know? I could probably still do it, but I'm just lazy. We got that right away when it became available. (laughs) That's a good choice. Well, Uva, thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. Absolutely, man.
Hey, thanks for listening to the show. My goal with this podcast is to get more exposure to the amazing craft beer and craft beverage scene here in Arizona. With this in mind, I've launched the Tap That AZ Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash tap that AZ podcast. Your involvement in this will help to create more in-depth content, including some video. Uh, I've been dabbling in that a little bit. I've seen with some recent episodes, uh, but I want to take that up a, a, another couple levels. So just really want to show how awesome Arizona is. So when you get a minute, take a look, see how you can be part of this, including a tier that includes coming out to a live podcast recording. So everything from early access to the interviews to some merchandise some behind the scenes stuff that I'm going to start shooting here pretty soon, hopefully, uh, getting some shirts, some stickers, uh, being in the tap that easy Patreon tribe allows you to join along and support the journey to make Arizona a craft beer destination. So go check the page out, see what you think. As always, thanks for your support. It's always very much appreciated. Thanks to my current patrons, Jim Flager, Marcus Pena, and Chris Odom. Love you guys. And always remember, stay awesome.